Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. Do not forget to buy lentils, or the lentil soup you're making for dinner will be sorely lacking. By the way, Mrs. Calloway says thanks for helping her bundle home and auto. She appreciates the extra savings, even though you kept using the word apropos incorrectly. But the main thing is do not forget to buy, uh, what was it? Something apropos, the lentil soup. Sorry, I'll call you back. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in all states or situations. Welcome, everybody, to the Lockdown Lakers. I am Anthony Irwin. As always, I am joined by Harrison Fagan. And again, as always, you can find us on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Uh, <laughs> we got our first comment today about SoundCloud in quite a while, and I can't, I can't lie, I laughed a little bit. Harrison is not laughing right now. Uh, today, <laughs> today's show... Today's show is pretty straightforward. Nick Young said some stuff, and then Kobe said some stuff. So we're going to say some stuff in response to the stuff that they said. Harrison, take us into this Nick Young story that I honestly, at this point, hate more than anything else in the NBA. Well, I I mean, I think that we got to rephrase how we're referring to it because I've been watching kind of the SEO practices of some other outlets. And I think that we need to refer to him as Iggy Azalea's former fiance (laughs) and uh, and the Lakers as Kobe Bryant's former team, because you don't refer to things by their names anymore. You just call them, you know, like something that they're related to tangentially. So. So, yeah, I mean, Iggy Azalea's former fiance came out (laughs) yesterday and said that he was going that he was going to try and make things right with the guy who recorded Iggy Azalea's fiance admitting to infidelity. And okay, I I can't keep up this game the rest (laughs) of the podcast. (laughs) But so Nick Young came out. uh, Yeah, yesterday, or I guess I would imagine the day before at some point over the last week. And he told Mark Medina of the LA Daily News that he was trying to fix his relationship with D'Angelo Russell, and that the two had started trying to work things out, which I guess we should preface this discussion with I, I think and I've written this before, I think on a human level, we we should be happy for them that you know, like, the, like they aren't going to be holding grudges they're at, like that's a good thing just as people to be able to forgive and forget and get over things but i mean i i still don't think that this necessarily means that the lakers should keep nick young or that they will keep nick young and according to kevin ding's report today on bleacher report it sounds like they're still pretty much looking to move on with from him which makes a pretty much makes sense to me and i think that there's like really no one more ready to move on from this whole Nick Young thing than you. So I guess I should let you get into why the Lakers might want to do that anyway. I mean, I'm ready to move on from the whole thing altogether. Right. And and I just, well, that's what I, mean. I realized. I realized this the other day, that like I'm the guy who said that I'm not interested in the schedule. And then I'm the guy who said that I'm not interested in talking about the Lakers. So let's talk about team USA. And then today I am the guy who just doesn't want to talk about Nick Young at all. So I guess I'm just a grouch at this point. I'm just a grumpy old man telling everybody to get off my lawn. I'm sick of all you millennials and and whatever you guys are trying to talk to me about. Yeah, I, I think I would call you a Celtics fan, but there's nothing Celtics fans love more than throwing shade at the Lakers. So that's not even accurate. You're like, <laughs> you're like one of those guys who's like, I don't like the NBA because they don't play defense. I like college basketball. That's right. you right now. Uh, man, I'm tired I of hearing it. about their Snapchats and their brands. <laughs> I, just, I just want to see the guys that are diving on getting some nice floor burns. That's Anthony. 
yeah, sure. Delhi's my favorite player, and and JJ Reddick. <laughs> just give me a starting lineup of Matthew Delavadova, JJ Reddick, Gordon Hayward, Andrew Bogut, and Aaron Baines, because he's the only other white guy I can think of right now. And and I'll take that. I'll because we play the right way. I'll take that team against anybody in the. <laughs> <laughs> all right so I we're a little you, i think you just picked the australian national team and jj reddick <laughs> and jj no and, and gordon hayward he's not and gordon hayward excuse yeah. me yeah i mean that's that's basically you know good eye mate how can you hate gordon hayward he seems like such a nice guy like he's a nerdy gamer too like how did i when, who said they hated gordon hayward oh yeah i guess that was me that was the implication <laughs> what <laughs> Um, anywho, this took a turn. Look, yeah, that got off track. Here's the thing with Nick Young. Nobody cares anymore. We were talking a little bit before uh, the show yesterday about you know the interest level in the story, and you thought there was going to get a lot more interest just in general from you know from various platforms, and I didn't think so. And I, you know, my thinking was that it just the story has been around for six months. Uh, we now have what's going to be a pretty clear resolution or, or, or you know, this we, we know how this is, you know, where this is going, where either Nick Young is going to be waived outright, the Lakers are still trying to trade him, but, it, you know, no team is going to give up any assets for a player that they know the Lakers are trying to trade anyway and, and or are going to waive anyway, right? Or, you know, worst case scenario for the Lakers, they keep him, and he is now, I think I put it as the 15th man on a 13-man roster. Right. He's he's never he's never going to get any playing time. And the story isn't, you know, so long as he's on the roster, anytime people look at Nick Young, the only thing they're going to think about is whether or not he's letting D'Angelo Russell sit at the lunch table with him or he and Lou Williams are going to let D'Angelo Russell sit at the lunch table with him. So, yeah, that's that's why, you know, I I think in general and I and I ran a poll on Twitter and and it was like 90 to 10 percent of people who who voted on the poll uh, said that they're sick of the story. And I think this is why. And, and you know, you, you know, we can call into question the type of people who follow me on, on Twitter and whether or not that's a fair way to I mean, gauge. I think we should definitely call into question anyone that follows you <laughs> anybody, <Twitter>. anybody. But... <laughs> <laughs> it's just a whole bunch of blackmailing. That's why I have the followers I have. But yeah, but the, but yeah, I just think with, with this story, it's, we're, we we grow tired of things very quickly anyway, and in this case, where we know how this is going to turn out, we know now, that, or, or or this is why people have already you know turned on the story completely, right? Yeah, I think there would be more interest if Nick Young was someone that was projected to actually play for the Lakers this year. But even if him and D'Angelo Russell become best friends, it's not like Nick Young is going to play a big role on this team, right? I mean, it just doesn't seem like something that's likely to happen. We we watched how he's played the last two years. And I mean, pretty much everyone played worse under Byron Scott. But I, I mean, it's hard to see him playing a whole lot better. I think he's kind of past that point. He, he had that really good year under D'Antoni. And so you think maybe if he can play a similar style under Luke Walton, 
that he'll be able to have some effectiveness again. But uh, a lot of his effectiveness under D'Antoni was because the Lakers didn't have a whole lot of other options at that point. And this year, they have a lot more guys that need the ball in their hands. So is Nick going to admit, you know, he has been at points during his career, a good three-point shooter, but is he willing to be a spot-up shooter? There's uh, really nothing in his career to suggest that that's the case. And that, you know, he wants to stay on the Lakers that badly that he'd accept a role like that. Or that, you know, that's necessarily even what the Lakers want in their 15th man. They may want to go with a, and yes, I I know they have 14 guys on their roster. I'm saying again, 15 for hyperbole. That was very nicely done by you yesterday. (laughs) Uh, But they, I think they'd be better off taking a flyer on a younger guy. Because it, it's not like Nick Young's providing some solid veteran presence anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the opposite. So, all right, you you said that you know would he be would he welcome a role that he may not necessarily feel all that comfortable with, right? And the the I mean, I'm not I'm not, I am cynical, but I'm not gonna. I don't feel like this is an example of all that much cynicism. When I saw Nick Young's comments today. My immediate thing was, please don't trade me. Please don't trade me. Please don't trade me. Please don't trade me, right? Please don't wave me. Please don't wave me. I swear, I'll work this out. I swear, I'm going to try to get to get along with the future of this franchise. And I, I, I'm going to be frank. I don't believe him. It's, it's taken all this time. I don't believe what he's saying. And, and part of me, you know, if he, if he, if he honestly thinks that D'Angelo Russell was the cause of his, uh, relationship with Iggy Azalea ending right if he honestly feels that way of course he's not gonna forgive him of course he's not gonna get over this kind of thing right and I you know everything to this point tells me that that's how he honestly feels so of course he's not you know that this is just a last a last ditch effort to remain on the Lakers and I don't think it's gonna work but do you do you believe him at his word No, I, I'm a cynic. I, I don't know that I do. <laughs> I I want to because I want to believe that people want to be good and want to, you know, uh, like, uh, you know live and let live and forgive and forget and all that stuff. But I, I kind of am, I would probably fall more under your line of thinking. I think he saw his agent looking at apartment prices in China for him and, uh, decided that he needed to apologize and so so yeah i uh i don't know where he's going to play next year but it doesn't appear likely that it's going to be the lakers no and do you think if he if he's let go by the lakers that anybody picks him up in the nba yeah i i don't i have my questions no i don't think so i i I think maybe if he went and had a, a no, I don't know. It's hard to see a way that he rehabs his NBA image enough that he ends up back in the NBA. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, maybe <laughs> next you, year. What, what team would he be successful on? It would have to be like the Cavs, right? Or somebody with like this, you know, or the Spurs or, you know. A, and And why would those teams welcome the distraction that is Nick Young at this point? I would... There is nothing I would love more than to see Nick Young on either of his teams. (laughs) Like the Golden State Warriors. Like, I want to see Nick Young on a good team, number one. And I also would like to see just like, 
like if the Cavs thought J.R. Smith was like good J.R., bad J.R. at times, just wait till they get Nick Young in that lot. Like Greg Popovich, uh, like on the Spurs side, like Greg <laughs> Popovich trying to like, like, can we just get like a TV series where the two of them have a conversation and <laughs> just see what that's about? Like, yeah, I'd love to see Nick Young on all those teams. My, I, I want him on the Cavs because like on the Spurs, Popovich would just roll his eyes and bench him, right? On the Warriors, he just sit there at the end of the bench and then occasionally come in and do something stupid and return to the end of the bench. But if he goes to the Cavs and he sa- he does or says something really dumb on the court, there's a chance that LeBron would go off and punch him. No, or no, LeBron's not going to punch him. He's going to subtweet him. Well, I mean, wouldn't that be He's great? Be too? Like, P, it, it's not the easiest to do good things when some people don't want to do good. And like, he's just going to tweet that after a game where Nick Young has like 12 shots and like makes one. Yeah, no, I I no, but I, LeBron has gotten pr- not violent, but he's gotten pretty angry on a basketball court, more angry than any of the other teams that it's we're talking true. about. He did have like crotchety old man vibe this year. Like he was just tired of these kids crap at times, right. so like where he was just like yelling in their faces. Yeah, that'd be phenomenal. Right. You need to stop smiling so wide at this image. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So that's it for Nick Young. I can't. I, I honestly, I didn't want to talk about it in the first that place. That segment we've, went longer than I thought it would. We've we've talked about it way more than I wanted to. So let's yeah. move on. Uh, Kobe today had one of the greatest Kobe interviews of all time. I'm going to go out. I'm going to. I'm, I'm gonna, not going to go that far. But I'm going, yeah, I'm hey, going you, that far. You, you transcribe the interview. So I'll let, take it away. I actually transcribed today. It was that great. It was not only can, can you read, but you can write. I can read and write at the same time, uh, and listen. So here's here's the quote that <laughs> you can talk about some of the peripheral stuff that he mentioned on you know in the interview. And today he he interviewed with Mike Bresnahan of Time Warner Sports Net. It's supposed to air, I believe, at eight o'clock this evening, but they released. Uh, the video no, no, no. It, it was uh, it was it's just I think it's gonna be on the air tomorrow. Is what I've heard. Oh well, never mind then. But the the but it's it's online. You can go watch it online. Uh, the tra- the transcripts are on Silver Screen and Roll, and uh, you can find links to the video there, or you can find them on Brez's timeline. I'm sure all of you guys follow him. So, mm-hmm. so here's the quote that just was inc- <laughs> it was too great. I heard him say it, and I said, I haven't written anything in quite some time. <laughs> Here I go. I'm going to return with all the snark I can muster, but. Here, here's what Kobe had to say. Well, he's going to have them playing the game the right way. The foundation of the team is going to be a championship foundation. It's not going to be isolation ball. It's going to be a lot of ball movement, but ball movement with purpose. So players are going to understand why they're moving the ball in certain situations, which makes you a very dangerous team because now you have players on the floor that can think on the fly. And can we just go back to it's not going to be isolation ball and the combination of that with they're playing the right way and the fact that it's kobe bleeping bryant saying it i mean he's talked about stuff like this before how he likes watching teams that move the ball and stuff and stuff play but after the year like the cojones to come back (laughs) after the year he just had and say that teams need to move the ball more with it's just only kobe only kobe (laughs) it was as I, you, you said this before we went on the air, but Bresnahan deserves an Emmy for not hitting him over the top of the head with the microphone. It's like, no, for just not even like that, just not laughing. 
Like, yeah. did they have to edit the like the 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 audio to just uh, like cut out the? <laughs> oh, you're serious? <laughs> yeah. But I just picture. All right. So the other reaction that while I was reading it uh, a second ago, and then while I was writing about, I didn't actually include it because I talk a lot <laughs> about him anyway. But could you imagine Byron listening to that excerpt? Like that, it's just he's he's sitting there like, man, I'm getting killed for the system that system that I put in place last year, and it was just so that you would get as many shots as you could possibly get, and I got fired for it, and now you're saying that this is the right way to play. Byron's sitting there with his arms crossed, with all the anger in the world. That, that it's just everything about this interview is tremendous. Yeah, that uh, the, I I have no words. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you wrote about it because I just—it's like you said in the article. We 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 love Kobe. We respect everything that he did for the team, and he he was a great player for almost 20 years. And <laughs> but like after he nearly led the league in usage rate last year, despite shooting one of the worst field goal percentages in the league, I think easily the worst of all time for someone that used that many possessions. I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb by saying that. Like, no, I for think him that's an actual the, stat. Yeah, for for him to say that the the ball needed to be moving more and that that's the right way to play and that's championship basketball is that's just glorious. <laughs> I mean, technically speaking, the ball could move and then wind up with him shooting, right? So yeah, that's and, true. And the purpose of the ball movement would be to get the ball to Kobe. So maybe technically speaking semantically we can make this work to where it's not the most asinine comment the lakers Kobe's did make made. a lot of passes last year on possessions where kobe didn't start with the ball to try and get the ball to kobe <laughs> so yeah. i don't yeah, know what we're know. complaining about championship basketball last year in case which uh, you know we are in trouble <laughs> <laughs> um all right so aside from this because i could talk about this all day and and this could this this okay so i got i got one analysis. for you what Go ahead. what's What's a less self-aware comment oh, he could have made? A less self-aware comment. Um, all right. I'm so really glad. Oh, hey, I got one. I got one. All right, go ahead. I'm really glad that there are so many underpaid guys on the team this year. I think that that's just the type of thing that really makes someone competitive and keeps them hungry. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to watch a team you know, with the humility not to make up their own nicknames for themselves play because, you know, it's just, it's just that type of thing doesn't incite team relationships as you would like to see it. I'm really excited to watch this young core get the ball a whole lot and really see what they can do with it. <laughs> yeah. I just, we could go on for, <laughs> I can't wait to watch this team play together and and try as hard as they possibly can on defense every single possession. <laughs> the whole Derek Jeter farewell tour, I think it was a bit of a spectacle, honestly. <laughs> this turned into a fun game. I hope everybody enjoys this because this came up completely out of the blue. Um, yeah, that that'll be that'll be a new segment for us. A le <laughs> less self-aware thing this person could have said. <laughs> All right, uh, he he said some other stuff about the Lakers. What caught your eye? You know, because he talked about, you know, what his role might be with the Lakers moving forward, you know, how often he'll be around the team, 
how excited he is to watch this young core grow together. What what was the you know aside from the the gloriousness that yeah. or the glory that that was this comment? What would you see? stuck out I, th I think it was the stuff that you mentioned but combined a little bit I, he had some nice things about it to say about brandon ingram and about d'angelo russell and so that was great and you can again you can go look up those comments on silver screen and roll and th that was great but i thought that i guess the bigger thing was that not only was he complimenting them but he was saying that he's told them he's around to work out with them and mm -hmm. to work with them and that he you know he bleeds purple and gold and he's uh, the Lakers are family he's always going to be around for them and so who knows how often they're actually going to take him up on that or how often he's going to make himself available but if that's actually a thing where these guys can go and they can work out with Kobe or they can text Kobe for advice about things that that's pretty big because right. that that's a guy that had a really long successful NBA career that they can cut if they if they can kind of get his ear and get advice from him that that's big as long as you know he isn't doing the whole Westbrook KD thing and trying to get them to you know like hey hey Brandon this is this is your team this is not <laughs> Russell's team you got to make sure he knows that and then right. telling Russell the same thing yeah um I actually took that a, I took that a different way uh, what I found, you know, because again, the thing with Kobe that I, when I talk about Kobe, it comes off as overly snarky, overly sarcastic, you know, overly cynical. But but really, I really enjoyed watching Kobe play for the Lakers. Like this is he's, he is up there among my favorite players of all time. So with that all as the caveat to what I'm about to say, I believe when Bresnahan asked him about, you know. How, are you going to be around? Are you going to, you know, pop your head in? Are you going to help the kids grow? Whatever. Kobe said something to the extent of, if my schedule allows it, right? We're like, if, yeah, of course I'll be around. I'll, you know, I'll try whenever I possibly can. And, and it's just so perfect for me that like, yeah, I'll help these scrubs, but I'm not going to go out of my way. I have. <laughs> I don't think he meant. I think he was I just know saying. He said that. I know. I know. I said all that in, in the beginning, but I couldn't help but like, yeah, sure, I'll help. Of course, here I go. I'll be right there, Laker fam. Hashtag Laker for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Under uh, that, I. <laughs> He just I took that was that he was just saying, well, you know, when I'm in town, when when I'm not fulfilling other endorsement obligations or doing other business stuff, I'll be able to help them out. Like, not like, yeah, sure, I'm going to be an unpaid assistant coach and come and you know hang out <laughs> with these guys at every practice. Yeah, and but yeah, I mean, your your way's funnier. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's how I, you know. Yeah, that was a, that was a that was a second yeah, that was a, humorous like reading that, to the situation that, that I couldn't the, help but recognize. Like that was the that was the internet meme, Kobe. That was how uh, that was how the Kobe that the way that we talk about him on Twitter said that. Right. Or right. the way that people talk about him on Twitter, or the the Kobe that doesn't know his teammates' names and all of that. Uh, that Kobe, <laughs> the the Softy stereotype Sean. Kobe. That's exactly how he said that. Yeah, the, the Kobe who called his teammate soft as Charmin. That's the, that that is the reading that I took. Well, no way. From that yeah, situation. He, he did that. Oh, wait, he did that? That was not yeah, That's fact. a real thing. There's video of it and everything. Oh. Man, I wonder where I got that reading from then. 
<laughs> All right, so that'll do it. Hey, maybe he can show up at practice and, and let them know which ones of them are softest charming so that they know that they need to toughen up. Exactly, yeah. All right, so that'll do it for this this uh, Wednesday episode of Locked on Lakers. Uh, we talked about Nick Young for way longer than I anticipated. We talked about Kobe. Hold on. Iggy Azalea's fia former fiance. Oh, yeah, that's right. Got to SEO right. this. That's right. That's right. SEO. Kobe, Kobe is talking about the Lakers, and there's going to be no mention in terms of SEO about the actual kids that he was talking about. Uh, Kobe <laughs> talked about the Lakers. Uh, on Monday, make sure you guys go back. If you guys aren't all caught up on the show, on Monday we talked about plenty of interesting stuff as well. We talked about you know what the Mozgov injury means for the Lakers and if Zubats is ready to, to, to carry that mantle. I don't think he is. You might be. Harrison is a little bit more open to the idea. And then uh, because there is no actual other basketball going oh, wait, on. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on now. I, I didn't say that. You, I think you were more open to it than I was. I, I'm flat out saying that there's no chance in hell that he's he's ready for that. No, I, I agree. I don't I don't think he's ready to play. All right. Well, never mind. I wasn't listening. I don't read and I don't listen to even to my own show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then you were uh, on the show. You were there. I was there. I'm telling you, I'm senile. I'm I've been stuffed up in my head for now a week after getting back from. Okay, camping, that, so yeah, you, you've been taking too much allergy medication. That's yeah. what we'll blame it on this time. That's a, the 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 at the nose steroids or whatever they give you is is not is not giving having a, a very positive effect on me and then on friday we have a really uh, exciting show coming for you as well where we talk about and and to put it how harrison put it before we went on the air how would you say it oh no we we don't need to get into that uh we're going to discuss the uh we're going to discuss <laughs> to discuss the Lakers rank series that we've been putting out on Silver Screen and Roll, where we're ranking each player based on how much they're going to contribute this coming season. Our whole staff uh, ranked the team, and we averaged it out to determine where guys were. Nick Young, in the shock of all shocks, was ranked the lowest. And then Anthony Brown was number 13. That came out today. Who's going to be out tomorrow on Wednesday? Actually, I guess... This will be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be Marcelo Huertas. But the mm -hmm. the catalyst, the catalyst, the catalyst Wednesday. That's gonna be a new hashtag. Catches on. So as it happens, <laughs> we had just finished recording the show. We we had literally just gotten off the air. I was doing some editing. Uh, Harrison was doing whatever he does on the moments that he is not on the air. And right, like, mostly. <laughs> yeah, Harrison was working on whatever he was working on. I was working on the show, and five minutes later, would you say? <laughs> was it even five minutes now? See, I, I it was just right after the show. Mark Stein reported that the Lakers were trying to sign Ejian Leon, and I believe I'm pronouncing his name right, but I'm mm -hmm. pretty notorious for butchering, you know, non <laughs> everything. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everyone's name pronunciation, even uh, e like e even ones that you would think are simple. Like I think I called J.R. Smith J.R. Smythe on the show at one point. That was weird. That was an interesting moment. Or or, or Junior Smythe. <laughs> but anyway, so, apologies if I mispronounced his name was my point. But so, yeah. uh, like you said, Mark Stein tweets this out: the Los Angeles Lakers are in advanced discussions to try to bring China star E. Jianlian back to the NBA, according to league sources. Now, what's interesting here is that this is a story that many think started today, 
right? But Eric Pincus uh, found a a tweet from back in August from David Pick at IMD Pick, which never mind. But source: <laughs> <laughs> Los Angeles Lakers tried to lure Chinese forward E. Jianlian back to the NBA, and again, that's from back in August. So. These negotiations have apparently been ongoing, and uh, there is nothing concrete to talk about right now. But we figured because it is semi, you know, because it's a uh, a developing story, we just talk about what it might mean and what might be going on here. So, Harrison, what was your initial uh, reaction when the Lakers or when when Mark Stein tweeted out the Lakers might be bringing back uh, he who dominates chairs? Yeah, so I, my first thought was why, and <laughs> that's not how you pronounce his name. It's E. Uh, no. <laughs> that's terrible. Uh, so my my first thought was why because you know I watched him a little bit in the Olympics, and I'm a little bit biased because the two games that I watched him in were their first game against the United States where the United States just butchered them and E scored, but it was in the second half when the United States didn't really look all that interested in defending him and they defended somewhat like chairs, which we know from his pre-draft workout that he likes to go against and he's had success against chairs in the past. So that was probably a comfortable environment for him. And then... (laughs) And then the the China's final game against oh man I'm blank. I believe it was sir it was it was their last game uh, mm-hmm. it's late it, their last game and they just got destroyed it was the worst game I've I, I think I've ever watched and maybe it was because it was late at night and I had to stay up and watch the end and input the score for my post for SB Nation but that game was just terrible. And mm-hmm. so I did not get the greatest impression from E this tournament. Now he did, he was third overall in scoring, but he did it at just over 40%. And to me, when watching them, it just kind of screamed like, well, someone has to score mm-hmm. for the team. And so I, I don't know. I'm not super high on this. E- even if it's for the minimum, it just seems like kind of a weird move to make, but it sounds like you're a little bit more optimistic. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily color myself optimistic in this situation. I, I guess for me it's just uh whatever. You know, it's like you know, we we, we the the we opened this show talking about Nick Young, right? And I'm sick of Nick Young as a story because he's not really going to do anything basketball ways for basketball wise for the Lakers that would demand so much coverage. And with, you know, this potential signing and again, this isn't, you know, they're saying even Mark Stein today, you know, with the way he tweeted, it said they're in talks to try to lure him back. Right. So now no, I should I should throw out there really quick that there was a report from a Chinese news outlet and I wasn't sure how legit it was. So I didn't run with it on silver screen and roll, but there was a report that, uh, that he had agreed to a deal with the Lakers for the veterans minimum. And so I'm way, I, I wouldn't personally buy it until a reporter I have more experience with tweets it out, but I guess we'll see what happens. And, and, I guess my initial thing, so so basketball wise, it was a shrug emoji. Like I, I, it's whatever you know, and and people are kind of reacting as 
Well, they already have X number of, of power forwards, which is true, right? They have Randall. They have Nance. Dang probably plays best at the four. Uh, Ingram will probably spend some time at the four this year in small ball lineups. So why add another one in, in, in E when, you know, there are already going to be so few minutes to go around there. So I guess, well, you know, whatever. Uh, but the other thing that kind of popped into my head was this is typical Lakers, right? Where this is a move that other than a tweet from, from August that people kind of sort of forgot about, uh, nobody has I definitely thought forgot about it. Right. So no, <laughs> nobody, nobody has really thought about that. This is an option. The only thing that's kind of sort of been a story is Brandon Ingram not having his contract signed. He's the only member of the rookie class overall, or was it just a first round? Overall. Overall, who? Oh no, who, no. Oh, at first, it might just be first round pick. I, I think I think that's what I read too. It's, yeah, first round pick makes more sense. Go ahead. Um, so if you know that the only thing that kind of would lead somebody to believe that the Lakers might be doing something behind the scenes uh, that might involve the money that you know will eventually go to Brandon Ingram anyway, maybe it's 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 to to E. But but for the most part, this was something that nobody had thought about, and. <laughs> And, you know, honestly, come February in the NBA, nobody's going to really think about it anyway. Even if they do sign him, they're going to kind of forget that he's on the roster because I just don't think there's very many minutes for the guy to get. I don't think so either. But the weird thing is that uh, Fran Fraschilla, it sounds like he's pretty, he he said he's easily a better ro- player now. <laughs> he, he's easily a rotation player. Easily? A, yeah. Be, it, quote, this is a quote beast with shooting touch and so I, I mean from what i've heard for shill is always a little in my experience he's always a little bit higher on international prospects than most people are and so uh, but justin russo friend of the show he rounded he found uh, rounded up his stats from last year and he averaged 26 9 2 2 and 1 with a 61 percent true shooting percentage and made 37% of his threes. And so that's not bad, but then the counter argument is Jabari Brown, I think, averaged like over 30 a game in the CBA last year. And, you know, we, we watched Summer League. That was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, again, basketball-wise, who cares? For me, I guess the interesting thing that I took away from it was, well, here go the Lakers again. They're doing their, you know... If there's ever a story, if there's ever, you know, people thinking, hey, the Lakers might do this, where, you know, might think about this move. They are leaning this way with whatever guy. It's almost never actually reported until the, the deal is almost done, which seems like it, it you know, seems like it's going to be the case here with Yi. And, and I guess it's just further, uh, just another example of, of when you hear dumb trade rumors or signing rumors for agency rumors with the Lakers, don't believe them because they're almost never true. <laughs> they yeah. almost never do what what you think they're going to do. With with the way you never see their moves coming, you could almost say that the Lakers are light years ahead. But <laughs> that would imply that they're ahead of the Golden State. Like, what what's ahead of light years ahead? Because the Golden State Warriors are already light years ahead. So like, light are, light like decades. I think that yeah. I think they're light decades ahead. If they're the math light checks years. out, the math yeah. checks out. That sounds That's, legit. That's how that works. <laughs> All right, so that that about does it for for our takes on E. Unless actually, I take that back. It isn't that isn't. Well, a, I, all right. So, so we got to ask me. Yeah, before before we went on the air, one thing that kind of came up was well, what's 
why would they do this, right? If he doesn't make too much sense basketball-wise, what else might be at play here? And I'm going to, and we're going to frame this, and we are going to be absolutely clear that this is purely speculation. There is no reporting going on here. We're just spitballing as to what the Lakers might be thinking. But I thought you had a really interesting point to make about the situation. Well, so you asked me what are my initial thoughts, and after why... It w- and after kind of looking at like, you know, writing my article on the signing, I started to think and I was thinking that, you know, there's at least a chance that this is partially marketing motivated mm-hmm. there. Kobe just retired, as you may have heard. And what? he was. Yeah, I'm sorry. Breaking. No, so, so I, we said there was going to be no reporting, but I'm not there ready. You go. I'm not ready. One in. What are we going to do? And. So as we all know, Kobe is basically worshipped in China. Uh And I think, I mean, this, the kind of, we talked about being cynical earlier on the show and the cynic in me kind of thinks that this might be partially marketing motivated. They may kind of want to sell some e-jerseys and Mm -hmm. I I just think it's like, you know, all, all businesses have budgets. Right. And if you're concerned that a, a, a chunk of your budget is going to disappear, which is going to with Kobe, right? They already know that because Kobe isn't going to be there, they're probably going to sell fewer tickets this year. They're, pro- excuse me, they're probably going to sell fewer jerseys this year than they do normally because Kobe is no longer there. Now, they can't really affect those things, right? Unless they go out or uh, unless they had some t- somehow coerced a max level free agent to come to the, you know, to come to Los Angeles and help them sell more jerseys, then sure. Then, you know, they could try to figure that stuff out. But the one thing they can affect here is not losing all of that Chinese market, which I would imagine is a pretty nice, you know, uh, amount of their budget, percentage of their budget that they aren't quite ready to lose. I believe Kobe, if I'm not mistaken, I'm believe I believe Kobe had the highest selling jersey in China this year. Oh, I don't I don't think it's close. Yeah. And I don't think and so, that's even with Jeremy Lin playing in the NBA. Like signing China's leading scorer Mm-hmm. Uh, could could like the Chinese national team that that could potentially be a, a little bit of cash in their pocket on mar- marketing related stuff over there. Uh, I'm going to apologize. My cat is screaming in my background, and then my dog just barked right here. Apparently, they are not fans of the of the yeast, or they're huge fans. They just can't, they're just screaming. They can't oh my contain God. their enthusiasm. Right. Right. So, so I think that's what's going on. We already had my wife make a, uh, an appearance the other day talking about Timothy Mozgov's groin. Uh, this time we have my pets chiming in about EG on Leon. So it's just, it's a family affair. That's what you got to get to know the Irwin family. Yeah, this is, we just, we, none of us can ever shut up. Like none of us can ever just stop talking. Can confirm. <laughs> All right. So that'll do it for, for this episode, this Wednesday episode. Uh, For the second time now, I'm saying this. We will talk to everybody again on Friday as we have a little bit more develop regarding the the EG on Leon situation. The biggest signing of August. Literally the biggest because he is a seven-footer. So yeah, and I I think I can say that. I think that's that's fair analysis. Hashtag analysis. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to everybody again on Friday. All right. Thanks, Anthony.
Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.